This is the Orange Podcast. Conversations with Orange City Council for the local community. This is Alan Reader. And in the boldest indication yet that there is life after lockdown, this is the Orange Podcast. With another batch of stories coming to you this week from the crew that claims to work at Orange City Council. One of the jobs Orange City Council does is to make sure new buildings measure up to contemporary building standards. So when it builds one itself, the pressure is on to make sure it sets a good example. This week, we check out progress on the almost-ready-to-open new Works Depot office. But first up today, when it came to zoning regulations, there used to be very good reasons for keeping heavy industry in a different part of town from regular retailers. For keeping the buildings where a food factory manufactures its products very separate from the places where food would be sold to consumers. But with the rising popularity of boutique breweries and artisan bakeries, those distinctions have blurred. A couple of years ago, in line with state government changes, Orange City Council changed its zoning rules to let these artisan food and drink makers open up shop in selected CBD and niche areas around town. Now there's a gin producer in Ensley Avenue and a brewery approved for Lord's Place. The largest of these new approaches now has a DA up for community comment at present. The Badlands Brewery wants to renovate the former E.C. Cameron's car repair workshop at the rear of a building in Summer Street to open a brewery and tasting room. I caught up with Badlands Brewery's John Shiner in the disused car workshop to find out more about his plans. Uh, we've been located on the Molong Road, on the Mitchell Highway, just uh, on the edge of town, opposite the Anglican Grammar School for the last 11 years and uh, we thought it was time for a move. We're quite keen to uh, take control of our narrative and have somewhere where people can get close to the production of beer. Back Going back a long while there's been obstacles in the way of this sort of thing happening, keeping food and, se- and industry separate, keeping retail and, and industry separate. Are you pleased that these changes have now been made that let this thing happen much simpler? Yeah, I mean, we haven't got the approval yet, so I guess I don't want to uh, put the cart before the horses, but, um, yeah, the DA's been lodged and uh, we've so far had a pretty pretty good response from council and uh, all, all seems quite positive. And, yeah, it would, would have been a challenging process to uh, endeavour to do what we're attempting um, a couple of years ago. Uh, breweries, even on the small scale like ours, are considered a semi-industrial process, so bringing that kind of um, industry into the middle of town um, was challenging and now seems to be, uh, hopefully, fingers crossed, a lot easier. What will happen when someone comes here? Will, it, will they, it, There's a opportunities to taste as, as well as to see you at work? Yeah, um, we're all about the beer, so it's going to be a full production brewery. We're moving all the tanks and getting some more. And, uh, yeah, when people come in, they'll see, uh, they'll see us at, our, at work and uh, they'll have the ability to do tastings and tours as well uh, and sit and have a beer too. Going back a few years again, uh, beer traditionally in Australia has been done by the, the big couple of brewers. How do you explain the, the interest in independent brewers? Um, I don't, look, I'm delighted with it. I don't know that I can fully explain it. Uh, it's a bit of a phenomenon, um, not just in Australia but all around the world. Yeah, perhaps it's people wanting to, um, you know, perhaps it's about the flavour and the taste and our ability to be able to innovate and um, uh, come up with new interesting beers all the time. You know, perhaps it's a little bit more of... Um, a story about provenance and people wanting to be more closely connected with uh, what they're eating and drinking. 
um, you know, and obviously we're in a, in a tourist town here, so there's a lot of, um, a lot of that. Uh, visitors that want to try and connect with things that are going on out of the big city. Yeah, so I think there's a lot of, a lot of factors at play, um, but it's certainly a growing industry and one we're uh, delighted to be a part of. Talk us through your plans for the building. Well, we're, um, where we're standing now is going to be the, one of the pedestrian entrances, uh, probably the main entrance. Um, this old brown lean-to, unfortunately, is going to come down, and we're going to have um, indoor-outdoor dining here. And, uh, and then as we go through into the shed, there'll be uh, more seating. We're hoping to have live music. Uh, there'll be uh, booths and large tables for friends to meet and gather. And, uh, and then towards the rear of the shed will be the production. So 60% of the main shed will be, um, uh, will be the production side of the brewery and 40% will be our retail hospitality area. If you went to a similar sort of tasting room in, say, Newtown, there'd be a series of different food trucks passed out, uh, parked outside. Is that what you've got in plan, in plan for food? Uh, we're hoping so, yeah. And um, so we're hoping for, to partner with the church, the Uniting Church next to us. And, um, yeah, so we're in discussions with them. So I don't want to say too much and, um, you know, sort of preempt what, what may end up happening. But we're certainly hoping to have food trucks. Um, it would be great to have them on the other side as well in the Sale Street car park. But, again, there's some regulations on that. So, yeah, look, uh, the food is, is a little bit of a, a TBD. And um, we're talking to other local restaurants to partner with them. Uh, but we're certainly hoping to have food trucks, yeah. And we're not planning on putting a kitchen in. So, uh, yeah. You're running a, a, an active brewery that's sending beer all over Australia. We are. How do you keep doing that and, and do a move like this? Um, it's hard. <laughs> yeah. But, no, look, the production side, um, you know, we just keep, keep doing. That's what brings the money in. So we've got to keep producing. We've got to keep shipping beer out there. And, uh, you know, thankfully, uh, you know, continuing to um, grow our presence around Australia. Um, you can find us in most states. And, uh, yeah, that's, um, that's the most important thing that we do and will always be the most important thing that we do. Um, and, yeah, the, the, uh, the move here is obviously taking up uh, a lot of time and effort as well, but uh, it's pretty exciting, to be honest. So, How long have locals fun. got to wait? Oh, <laughs> yeah, the million-dollar question. Um, sometime next year. So 2022 will be open. You sound excited. I'm very excited. Can't wait. Badlands Breweries, John Shiner. In the early hours of one Monday morning in June 2019, fire took hold in the main office of Orange City Council's Works Depot in McLaughlin Street. The Works Depot is a place where the council keeps all its large-scale road-building machinery and the base where the hands-on water and road crews work from. Now, two years later, the task of dealing with insurers has been sorted and more importantly, a brand new building has taken shape. It's about the same size as the old building, but that's where the similarities end. The underlying design aim was to deliver a cost-effective, smart and high-performance building that's energy-efficient, automated and workable for staff. On a visit to the new building, it became clear there's a whole bunch of features, most of which you can't actually see, but that make all the difference. There's a software-based building management system, which is essentially the building's brain. It lets staff remotely monitor and adjust air conditioning, record and regulate energy use, as well as control access and security. There are thermostatically controlled destratification fans to silently circulate the building air. There are double-glazed windows for high levels of thermal and sound insulation. There's a clerestory roofline and windows to maximise natural light. 
Otherwise, the lighting's all by high quality, low energy and consumption LEDs. And there's enough solar panels on the roof to meet the building's daytime electrical use. Visiting the new office this week, Orange City Council CEO Dave Waddell was impressed by what he saw. Oh, look, you know, it was unfortunate the depot building got burnt down. You know, no one likes a fire, but this is fantastic for the workers down here and for council. For years they, they were in, a, in an old building. Um, for the last two years they've been in dongers. To, to see this open and start having a facility, a modern facility like this, is just fantastic. We're very conscious that the depot and the civic centre are two different operations and it seems that we need to spend some more money at the depot and this is part of this. The insurance money didn't cover the whole build so we consciously spent a lot more money on this building and we'll be looking at other things in the depot just to make just to make it more equitable. Important that a building like this is sustainable, environmental from a cutting edge point of view. Yeah, and you'll see that with most of Council's new builds. Um, this has got enough solar power to run the full daily load, so it should be pretty much carbon neutral. Um, and that's the way of the future, as we all know. Great too that this was built by um, Sarin, the local builder. Council was very keen to get a local builder to do this. That's part of a by local policy councillors have got. So it's great, and they've done a good job. Um, staff have had a good experience with that and I personally think the building looks great. Since the fire two years ago, depot office staff have been working in assorted buildings both at the depot and at other council sites. Depot manager Wayne Gailey believes as they return to a single office, the new open plan design of the building will make all the difference. The open office arrangement gives us much more opportunities to, to work as a team, to be spontaneous, uh, to be more collegiate, I guess, as a, as a group. Um, it's how we were set up previously, and we've moved into these little dongers. We're a little bit isolated from one another, so this is going to be a great move for us in terms of um, being able to communicate freely across the team. Council um, uh, supervises all sorts of other work that happens in the community. Why is it important to set up an example about environmental and sustainability in terms of the way this building's built. Well, I guess if you want to be a leader, you've got to walk the talk, and um, and this building certainly does that. Um, you know, being uh, solar uh, energy efficient has has the um, you know all the the air benefits of the air conditioning and the um, the lighting aspects that um, mean that you know, we've got to have minimal input into um, maintaining those things. So. I think that's uh, it's a good example for the community. Are the team looking forward to moving in? They're certainly looking forward to, to moving in. As soon as we get some COVID things cleared up, um, yeah, we'll they'll, they'll all be moving over, and um, yeah, we'll have uh, this place populated, and it won't be such an echo chamber like it is at the moment. Works Depot Manager Wayne Gailey. And thanks for tuning in this week. As always, you can download this and other episodes of the Orange Podcast on the Orange City Council website, or do that subscribe and follow thing from wherever you get your podcasts. Until next week, for the Orange Podcast, this is Alan Reader. Bye for now.